On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, an in-depth conversation with Okotoks Dogs and Dogs Academy player turned coach turned GM, Tyler Hollick. Welcome to episode 119 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. The COVID-19 pandemic has left many bats on shoulders around this province as athletes, coaches, and everyone else involved in the game are relegated to their garages and basements, waiting to maybe, just maybe, get to train again in familiar facilities. Add in this blast from old man winter, and those quarters have been real tight lately. So it was welcome news to see some training resume on Monday, and many were chomping at the bit to get going. Among them was Tyler Hollick. The Okotoks Dogs and Dogs Academy general manager has had to oversee a very quiet Seaman Stadium area over the last several months, but hopefully that can come to an end this spring. So last week we connected with Hollick for an in-depth chat about growing up in the dog system, moving on to Chandler Gilbert Community College, and then the San Francisco Giants organization before ultimately returning home. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Joe. Let's start off talking about the here and now. How weird is it being around the ballpark and not having it as busy as it normally is? Well, everybody's had a fun year, that's for sure. It's been a, it's been a bizarre year um, across all industries in the world and you know, obviously, specifically in the in the sports industries, you know, you look at even the highest level of each of each sport with what's going on with the NHL and MLB and NFL. I think everybody's handling it the best they can and and trying to follow their their local uh, provincial and or, or state guidelines. And, and, you know, for us specifically following what AHS is, is advising us to do to try and keep our players and, and our staff and all the families as healthy as possible. But now to answer your question, it's been uh, it's been very weird. It's been, you know, this is our second kind of complete shutdown with one happening as soon as COVID uh, hit uh, Alberta area here last, last March and April. And then again, um, st- starting in early December there till, till uh, Monday. So it's been, it's kind of been weird, but we're still, as a staff, we're still facilitating our virtual training. Our players have been going five days a week with every resource they can, whether they're hitting in their garage, set up a mattress against, against the wall and getting a throwing program in. Um, the majority of our players, um, if not all, have done a really, really good job of, of not only st- staying in shape, um, but progressing some of their skills where they can. So I think when we we come in on Monday, um, we're going to hit the ground running and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you segued really well into my next question because I know pivot has been maybe one of the most overused words over the last year or so, but from a baseball perspective, how much has that been kind of the mantra to not just the staff and the coaches, but also to the athletes that you guys have? Well, we talk about it all the time to the kids about, uh, you know, dealing with adversity and, and being resilient and, um, you know, when things don't go your way, you know, how are you going to react in the world, you know, metaphorically punches you in the mouth, how are you going to respond? So, you know, as a staff and um, leadership all the way down from, from our managing director and, and uh, you know, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to lie down and take it. So our, our players kind of understand that and feel that energy as well. And, you know, they're, they're so highly motivated and they're such great kids. And they, they've worked so hard for, you know, the, the point that they're at in their career that they don't want to kind of let, you know, the gains of the, de- the development that they've um, had over the past year or three years or whatever amount of years in the academy um, kind of go by the wayside because of something that didn't go their way. So, 
you know, the, the restrictions come down and, and obviously smarter people than, than myself are making these rules and trying to make uh, or keep everybody safe. So, you know, we follow those um, to the T and, and make sure that everything is is safe, but we're able to facilitate as much as we can um, in terms of development for the guys. How excited are you personally for the day that we're able to get back to some sense of normalcy, even to look forward to Monday, for example, able to be able to have athletes back on the grounds and doing what they love? Oh, I can't wait. I mean, just to even see baseball back on TV here, hopefully in a, in a couple of weeks with spring training returns can be great. But, you know, right down to our level, uh, Monday is going to be is going to be a long trek for us. We split our academy into to 16 different groups. Obviously, we're extremely blessed with the Stevens Stadium Complex, our indoor facility here at the DuVernay Fieldhouse to, uh, to have a lot of open space and, and keep everybody socially distanced. But you know, our staff is going to be basically going from 6 a.m. to about 10 o'clock at night, uh, Monday through Sunday, and uh, making sure we can facilitate the one-on-ones and, and get everybody their their reps and, and continue. So, you know, I think, you know, one hand, it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be it's going to be an absolute grind for the staff, and I, I know they're prepared for it. So, extremely proud of them for that. Um, and then for the college summer team. Um, get outside and get the fans back in, in Seaman Stadium in, in whatever capacity we can and whatever, you know, we're, we're allowed to um, is going to be an absolute blast. I know we've got countless calls, um, emails, and just letters of support just saying how much or how excited everybody um, is to see Dogs Baseball back in Okotoks and and hopefully def- defend our, our 2019 WCBL title. So um, it's going to be uh, – I can't wait for that day. We've been counting down the – the days and, and since this thing whole, this whole thing started so it's kind of crazy to think that you're still defending champions that being said i mean there's that gives you a lot more motivation i suppose and even whether it be at the academy level or college level that must be one of the messages that you pass along to the guys is that you still have to take that into consideration you still have to be training to be the best because the best are frankly trying to train up just as much as you are Totally. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a really cool aspect of our program is that when kids enter this program at 11 or 12 years old in our peewee program, they go through the Bantam, um, they graduate through our 18U academy, and, and their goal is to play on the WCBL college team, um, you know, before they get uh, possibly a chance to play um, at the professional level if they do. Um, so, you know, it's kind of that, you know, it, it never really stop. It's not a, I don't think there's, there's extra motivation there. I think it's just kind of always something that they take a lot of pride in and, and you know, whether you're 12 years old or you're on the college team, you know, it's one big family and you take pride in the dog's name. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, I guess that's the one positive is we're still defending half, but, um, doesn't mean much in, until we, once, once, uh, the first pitch is thrown for the 2021 season. So, um, yeah, I, I know the guys have been working hard. We're really excited about the roster, um, that, uh, coach Mitch Smith and, and Dave Robb, Andy Peterson and, and Joe Search put together. I've, uh, been involved at a very um, preliminary or I would say 30,000 foot view and just kind of seeing the roster putting together with combined with a, a lot of uh, strong American talent, um, a ton of Canadian talent and a lot of our ex Academy uh, grads or alumni. Um, and it's, it's uh, it's a really exciting team and uh, really excited about it. So really has to be interesting from your perspective to be able to be sort of at that 30,000 foot level while also being a product of the academy itself. And I want to go back in time a little bit. Being the Calgary kid you are, how did it get to be that you got hooked on baseball instead of on hockey or football like most Canadians typically do? Oh, it was uh, it was kind of a weird journey. I always thought I was going to be a hockey player. Um, I was much, much more talented at hockey than I was at baseball growing up and played on 
you know, all the, all the Calgary select teams, um, I mean, through, you know, the younger levels and then Pee Wee and Bantam and everything. And then, uh, my, my grandfather was actually on team Canada, um, won the world championship in, in, uh, I think it was 1955 and scored the game winning goal against Russia. And we still play the old takes back. And, uh, my older brother played hockey or one of my older brothers played hockey. And it was just kind of one of those things I thought I was always going to do. Um, I think fortunately and not at the time I, I played, um, you know, all, all year round and, and I kind of got burnt out by, you know, that early teenage. And I, I, I was really always interested in baseball. I always found myself, you know, playing back games or, or trying to, I remember you could rent, you know, uh, games on LLB TV for, for three bucks a game. And I always used to try and ask my mom once a week, if I could, if I could just watch the game. And I always just seemed to be drawn more towards, towards baseball. And, and fortunately enough, my, my dad was a super big baseball, uh, not, uh, uh, um, my brother played as well. So I was always going to his games and I just found a passion for it. So I quit uh, hockey when I was uh, about 13, um, played in North Calgary there. Uh, my last year, with Centennial Little League, and, and luckily enough, um, John Arcandia started um, restarted the the Calgary Dogs back in Okotoks to be the Okotoks Dogs um, travel team. And I got a, a message from one of my teammates that played uh, uh, in Centennial the year before and said, "Hey, we're we're looking to go to this travel team, and um, you should come try out." So we went to this is way be way before Duvernay Fieldhouse was built. Um, Seaman Stadium was just under initial construction, and we were in uh, Okotoks Junior High gym hitting plastic balls with Vince and, and Matt Arcandy as our coaches and Tanner Osberg and um, uh, Dave Robb. It, it was, and John was, you know, recruiting me there when, when I first showed up and kind of said, this is the vision and this is, this is what we want to do. We want to kind of get a little league mantra and, and you're going to get coached by independent professional coaches. And, you know, if you want to play college baseball or professional baseball, this is um, an opportunity for you. So this might be something that is, uh, you know, you something you really want to look into. My dad was always pushing me. My parents in general were always pushing me to, to pursue baseball at the highest level or whatever I was going to do, just going all in. So, um, we started making a drive from North Calgary to Okotoks and it was, that was before Stony trail and all that. So four o'clock sitting, sitting in Deerfoot trail for an hour and a half commute both ways. And, um, but you know, obviously, you know, flash forward and, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't thank the dogs enough for the opportunity they gave me. And I was at a point in my life in, in, as a freshman in high school where I could go left or right. And, um, some of the greatest mentors and people I still look up to these days is, is they're successful, um, not, not uh, specifically day-to-day with the dogs anymore, but in their professional business lives as they moved on from coaching, um, just role models and mentors to look up to. So just kind of came full circle for me, became my family and and uh, in, in reality, for, for as long as I can almost remember, it's all I've really ever known. So um, got the opportunity to play down at Chandler Gilbert Community College in, in uh, Arizona there, committed to Ohio State and um, came back and played uh, parts of two years on the college summer team and was drafted right off the field. So um, played for, for the dogs and coached the dogs as, as, as many opportunities as I can get. So that's kind of the whole story. It's really incredible to me, especially when you look at how quickly you've kind of ascended up. And I want to know from your perspective, what's it like to see the program where it is now versus what it was like as an athlete back in 07 to 2010? Um, it's super interesting, actually, that question. I, I think about that a lot. Um, you know, I, I've heard this quite a few times, especially as I've come back coaching and a lot of the old Academy original J dogs alumni came back to start coaching Brett and Guthrow, Aaron Ethier, Curtis Taylor. I think that's a really big sign of a, of a, of a really good program when you come through it and you want to come back right away and give back. And you see a lot of our current Academy alumni that are still playing college baseball, 
you know, whether they're rehabbing an injury over the summer, they want to take a summer off and, and just coach and give back. Um, ex-professionals with, you know, guys like Leron Smith, um, who's drafted the Twins out of 20, uh, 2018, comes back and coaches us in the offseason. Um, Jordan Procession did it for a number of years uh, off the AAA with the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Um, we all want to come back and give back to the program. So, you know, there's a lot of time in reflecting of what the program used to be like um, and, and how far it's grown. I think there's a couple um, differences. The academy's grown quite a bit in terms of um, number of players. Uh, we've we've added four teams since the original um, inauguration year, I guess, in in 2007 in Okotoks, um, and it became kind of you know a transition from that travel team club team where we didn't really have an indoor facility to work out of those privately ours. Um, we had the one stadium there um, that we shared um, with the college summer team, obviously um, with them taking priority um, to this kind of, you know, full circle grassroots all the way up from age 12 um, to now, uh, you know, that, that the whole Academy feel um, we've, we've uh, I think assimilated really well with the community. Um, the, the town of Okotoks has been unbelievable with welcoming us in. And obviously it is, it is our home through and through now, but you know, it's interesting. You know, I think the talent has, has uh, drastically improved. I and mean, we have 14 division one commits right now in the current Academy now, and, and a lot of top highly touted recruits um, coming in um, for the upcoming classes, which we're really excited about. But the, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate about this place is although there has been some, you know, material changes, we've got a, 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 a you know, unbelievable $24 million state-of-the-art facility. We have more players. Um, our coaches have, have been here year after year after year and seen it develop. But the vision really hasn't changed. Um, and obviously it's been, you know, altered year to year. But that original dog's philosophy um, playing the game the right way and, and giving the kids everything we can, and, um, you know, having them pursue excellence at the highest level, whether it be academically um, in their baseball career um, in their professional um, lives afterwards, whether they're somewhere becoming lawyers or owning their own businesses or um, whatever it may be. Um, that was always, in my opinion, what I've always viewed of the dogs is trying to be, trying to make you the best you. Um, so I, you know, I look back on it now as I get older and, and part of that original team, obviously I was just focused on the baseball side of it, but you know, the passion that John's brought and, and, you know, all the original coaches have passed down from that original, you know, 96 year, um, they kind of still, it's like the, the ghost of Yankee stadium. It's like the ghost of the Okotoks dogs. They still kind of guide this place day to day and those original dogs philosophies um through and through are are brought to our players in, in present day so you know there's there's been obviously the program's grown a lot and it's a testament to what uh what we've been able to do and continue to, to provide our fans and our players but um you know that original that original dogs philosophy is um still alive and well so it's uh it's been a lot of fun to continue on the legacy and hopefully for many many more years to come you mentioned Chandler Gilbert Community College, and you were inducted into their Hall of Fame back in 2019. What did that mean to you, especially given what you've gone through through your career and been able to kind of take that step back and look at things in the rearview mirror a bit? Uh, that was a really cool day. Um, I mean, I'm extremely close with uh, the coaches down there. Um, three of the coaches down there are still involved in the program today. Um, outstanding program. Obviously, it's not the same resources and facilities that I, I got to play in, in high school, but um, you know, it, it the head coach on there, Russ Luce, is is unbelievable person. He's he's a person first and a baseball coach second. And what I mean is, is he was so enthralled with with making 
um, his players the best people he can be. And he believed that if you can, if you can make good people um, and, and good young kids into good men, good men are going to create good teams and good teams are going to create good programs. And, you know, he's been the head coach there for, um, for well over a decade and five guys in the big leagues and, and, you know, tens of guys drafted and, and it's been just an unbelievable success story. But, you know, the coolest thing about that is the opportunity I got from the dogs. Um, ironically enough, um, one of my colleagues now Academy head coach, Jeff Duda was coaching me in high school and, and I really want to go down to Arizona. That's where I, I thought the best baseball was played. There's 14 teams in the, in the uh, junior college circuit down there. I believe still to this day, it's the best junior college conference in the country. Um, and I wanted a chance to go prove it. And I thought I, I, uh, um, if I had the opportunity, I could try and prove some people wrong or prove some people right the way you look at it. But, um, he gave it, gave a call down there. I actually got recruited as and signed as a pitcher. Um, and they were going to give me the opportunity to hit and I pitched a little bit in high school and, um, got down there and I, I actually ran a little bit better by the time I got down there. I ended up running just a sub seven and, um, I was throwing only about 83 miles an hour and they said, well, one's going to play and the other one's not. So I looked at the roster the next day and, and I wasn't on the pitchers list, but I was on the position players list. So I made it through, through day one and just kind of sprung board my career there from, from that day forward. And, um, went, uh, actually went two for 38, my freshman fall and called my dad, thought I was going to quit and thought I was going to get cut and the world has fallen. And, and I'll never forget the day they, you know, at our exit meetings and before Christmas break, what to work on and be prepared to come back. Or even if you made the team, um, really thought I was going to redshirt to get cut and, you know, Coach Luce told me that he believes and everybody around this table believes more in me than I do in me. And I kind of sunk with me for the rest of my life, or, especially going home to, to train for three weeks before the season came back, um, that I, I need to have a little more confidence in myself. Came back, had a good spring, um, ended up cracking the starting lineup, um, started almost every game. It was a, it was a freshman All-American and then came back the following year. Um, and my goal after he took a chance on me, I always said I wanted to be the diamond in the rough for him. And I, I constantly worked at it. And, um, you know, the, the following year, I was the first team All-American and, and National Player of the Year. I was actually the first one um, ever out of that conference and the school to be to be named uh, National Player of the Year for that conference. So it was uh, it was a crazy ride. Um, and then kind of bringing it full circle, being able to talk to a lot of the academy guys that are down there, a lot of the current um, Chandler Gilbert players. Um, it just means the world. I mean, it was, I was the first ever inductee and I'm still the only inductee for to this day. I think they're planning on another one soon, but it was just, uh, just an amazing opportunity. And what, uh, it was a really cool time to be able to celebrate with, with coach Luce and, um, kind of that whole journey throughout the whole process. So. And obviously one of the other things that came out of that, the 2012 MLB draft, your name's called in the 14th round by San Francisco. Do you remember where you were when you found out and what your reaction was? Yeah, I was sitting in my my dad's living room with my three older brothers and um, a couple of their significant others, my dad, and my my stepmom, and um, you know I had no idea what to expect, and I, I, it gave me a lot of insight moving forward, um, advising the guys now um, going through the, the similar processes. I thought I had a handle on it, and you start to hear chatter from all over the place. You're going. At some point, I was told I was going to go in from the first round to the 30th round, and I guess you know the, the law of average was correct. I was almost right in the middle at 14, so I had no idea what to expect. Although I had I had uh, my own expectations for myself, and um, it was a whirlwind day. You start watching that. Yeah, I think it was 10 a.m. and you know you're you're watching 12 rounds go by, and you're getting calls in the eighth, and the ninth, and the eleventh, and the twelfth, and the thirteenth, and um, you know it was a longer story for another day. But it was uh, miscommunication there, and I thought I was going. 
in the 13th um, and then again in the 14th of the Angels. Um, and we were certain that we were going in the 14th. I talked to the scout that was that I had a pretty good relationship with down in Arizona from the Angels. And, um, they picked, uh, I think it was a left-handed pitcher out of North Carolina or maybe it was around before. Anyways, um, uh, another player. And the Giants actually picked right after them, and we were all humming and hawing, going, oh, it's okay, Tyler. I was super disappointed because I thought I was going there. And in between the chatter and them trying to make me feel better, we heard Hollick, um, Chandler Gilbert Community College, and, you know, obviously the room went nuts, and um, it was it was a lot of fun. So um, just to be recognized, and that was kind of always my ultimate goal, my, my motivation growing up, um, it all kind of came crashing down, and that one was emotional, and, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I will never forget that day. Um, if I had anything to say about it, but it was, uh, it, it was a very emotional up and down day. That's for sure. You got to play a couple of years in the giant system. You got to play with and against a few future MLB players. Any come to mind that really left you awestruck or guys that you knew even at that young of age were going to be going to the show? Yeah, that was when I realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> so there is some, I was, I was on the same field um, with some guys that I, I, you could physically see that, you know, they could do stuff. I just couldn't, um, you know, I was facing some guys were throwing upwards of a hundred miles an hour at 18 years old and I uh, can't even fathom how they're able to do that. But specifically names, um, I remember Joey Gallo broke the rookie league home run record my, my year. He's in the big leagues now. I think he's had four or five years in the big leagues and, you know, going to look like he has about 10 more in him. But um, just unbelievable power. He hit a, hit a ball against us. It was about 500 feet over the lights in right center. Um, got to play against Yasiel Puig in his first professional game. That was a lot of fun. Um, very, very different level of athlete there as well. Um, I remember Addison Russell was a, was a really special player. Um, I think he was ninth overall to the A's that year. Um, and, and, you know, Keon Kela was a, was a closer in, in the Northwest League. I know he was a, he's had some, a few dozen saves in the big leagues as well. There's, uh, there's quite a few guys throughout the years that have, have kind of stood out to me and that's, you know, I've, I've watched um, kind of grow their career and, and now they're established big leaguers. Um, cool thing about playing the, in the minor league is a lot of the major league rehab is done down at those levels. So, you know, got to play against Troy Tulowitzki and, and Roy Oswalt and um, a big name for, for Jays fans back in, in my high school days with John McDonald. And um, that's, uh, I remember he was making all those diving plays on Sportsnet and um, actually ended up catching a fly ball in center field for him. It was pretty cool um, just to kind of see, you know, kind of have it come full circle and actually got to play against him. So, you know, a lot of really talented players and, um, you know, it's just, just a, a different level for some guys for sure. But all good memories. As I was going through some of the rosters, one name that stuck out to me in Augusta in 2013 was former Blue Jay Joe Biagini. Any memories of him? <laughs> um, anybody that watches his uh, his interviews, that's that's Joe. Uh, that's not uh, that's not a you know uh, an act. That's just who he is. He had uh, he was quirky. He's definitely a pitcher, and I, I know a lot of pitchers. I give him the gears around here, but they definitely are their own breed. Um, but he was, he was a ton of fun, extremely positive, um, hardworking, genuine, um, but definitely be to his own drum for sure. So um, I was not surprised yet. He was, you know, upwards of 95, 96 when I was playing with him. Um, but sat in that 90, 92, I thought it was a great move for his career. Uh, when I saw him get rule five there and, and got, uh, got a chance to release so he could kind of eliminate some of his repertoire and kind of max out for 15 or 20 pitches. But um, heck of a career he's put out and um yeah it's, it's 
been uh, he's one that I'll, I'll remember for a long, long time. <laughs> so you're back home now, and you've been serving in a multitude of roles with the dogs. Did you know, even when you were playing, that this was something that you would be aiming towards is still staying in the game with the dogs or in some way, shape, or form with some organization down the road? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I look back on it now and um, I, I remember consciously thinking when I was playing it in the academy that this is something I always wanted to do. Um, I was really motivated in my career, um, but I always thought it was such a cool idea that I could impact so many more careers than just mine if I came back and coached. And obviously the academy's grown since I came back in 2012 offseason and started helping coach and help out with the next generation of dogs. But you know, this is something that's, you know, the legacy of John and, and the dogs and what he's done um, is something I've always been highly, highly motivated for and, and continue to try and, you know, hone my skills professionally in a business sense. And as a, as a baseball coach, mentor, leader, and I'm um, just a teammate to the staff and the rest of the Academy um, as best I can. But no, this has been a, this has been a goal of mine um, for as long as I can remember. Um, and almost from day one, when I, uh, when I got, uh, when I started playing with the dogs, I, I remember I, I got drafted. One of my first questions um, the next day when I was at the stadium was, can I come back and coach in the off season? Um, and then when I got released in spring training, 2015, um, my first call was to my parents. And then uh, my second call was to John or Kennedy to see if I could come back and if they had availability for a coaching spot. And um, he welcomed me back with open arms and, and got an opportunity to start coaching full time. So that's, uh, that's where my passion has led me. And, um, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity. So when you look back on it, what are you most proud of? Oh, um, I think, well, I'm most proud of the dog's name. I'm proud that I came from, I was cut from this cloth. Um, you know, the loyalty uh, of the dogs that they've shown me in, and I think I've reciprocated back, um, you know, all the way from starting from that original Okotoks team. I wasn't part of the original 96 team. I was four years old at the time, but would have been a fan if I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was part of that original Okotoks team. I was the first ever graduating class of the academy. Um, I was the first ever draft pick to come out of the Okotoks Dogs Academy um, in 2012 there. Um, and I've just kind of seen it grow full circle um, with the relationship that I've built. I coach with some of my best friends to this day um, that were my well, were teammates back then. Um, it's it's just the, the relationships that I've built and, and being cut from, from this cloth, uh, I'm extremely proud of. And um, I guess the secondary part of that is I'm extremely proud of the the kids coming through here. I think, you know, they, they go through a lot. I think we demand more of them than than any other sports program, especially at the high school level. And I would say all of North America, these guys practice, you know, six to 15 times a week if they're morning and then practice after school and weights. And um, they, they're under a lot of pressure. Some are moving away from home. And um, I think they, they handle it um, with a, a unbelievable maturity um, and professionalism. So, you know, they're involved in the community. They do school readings. They help with youth camps, um, all while trying to pursue their career Um at the highest level, whether that's, you know, signing a letter of intent to a school for a scholarship or, um, you know, getting their education to pursue their professional interests in the, uh, at the business level, or they're trying to play professional baseball. It's, it's, it's a, you know, an ongoing, you know, I call it the world's greatest project. There's so much stuff to continue to improve. And, um, you know, it's just such a, such a fun thing to be a part of, but just, I guess there's, I guess that answer was a little long winded, but it was, uh, I mean, I'm just extremely proud of, of a lot of things that, uh, uh, are involved in this program. So, 
obviously you've seen the game from so many different levels and, and that. So I'm curious, what kinds of advice do you give to those young athletes who walk through the doors of Dogs Academy or, or the college program for the first time, wondering if they can take a shot at baseball as being a career, being especially from the standpoint of somebody who is from Southern Alberta? Yeah, um, and I, I think it's pretty cool that the Dogs have, have continued to, to build that name of of uh players going down to the United States, whether they're at college or professional level and continue to make a name for themselves. But um, I think the biggest piece of advice is, is it's great to have goals. Um, it's great to have expectations for your career, especially with the amount of time and effort these guys put in. Um, but you, you got to take it one day at a time. I mean, I was cut from baseball, Alberta, as uh, political and as, as uh, you know, maybe that might be or whatever. I, I don't think I was you know necessarily, um, cut out for that at that point in my career I wasn't maybe maybe I wasn't good enough maybe I was regardless of that you know two years later I was drafted by the San Francisco Giants um and that's a kind of a weird story but that's individual to me it's just that you know what whatever you do when you're 12 years old or um it doesn't matter when you're 14 and when you're 14 years old you know it, it uh you know you don't have to play in the big leagues the next year so it's just kind of that ongoing journey of trying to, to find that right development plan for you that that week, that month, that year to continue to get better. I mean, I don't think there's any better story um, coming out of this program or that I've even heard of is Jim Henderson. Jim Henderson, um, first ever big leaguer out of the, the dogs program, had three dozen saves in the big leagues for, for the Brewers and the Mets. And um, that guy was in the minor leagues for 10 years. Um, went through multiple shoulder surgeries, um, faced retirement multiple times. Grew up in Southern Alberta. Um, wasn't a, you know was a, was a good high school baseball player. Um, went to Midland Junior College. Um, wasn't heavily recruited out of out of Midland and ended up going to Tennessee Wesleyan, um, a very good NAI, and and uh, ended up being a 23rd rounder I think in 2003 to the uh, uh, Expos I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rule Five by the Cubs had a had a ton of ups and downs in his career and just kept battling and battling and battling. And if you had asked, you know, Jim to lay out his career at the age of 15, there's no way that he could have said that I'm going to deal with this and this and this and this and have to, to deal with it or to, to battle through to, to play in the big league. So um, I think, you know, the, the whole idea of continuing to just put your best foot forward every day, put your head down and go to work because you just don't know what's going to happen um, is probably my biggest piece of advice it's a it's a late bloomers type of game it's a it's a longevity it's a every day day in day out type of game so it's uh you know it rome wasn't built in a day and, and neither is your baseball career so you just got to keep uh keep grinding and and we'll see where the chips fall at the end of it but regardless of all that they're getting so much more out of this than just you know the just the the stats just the you know the home runs or just the college career they're you know they're learning how to deal with adversity and, and time management um they're, they're learning how to be a good teammate and be competitive and um, all those really really good characteristics that you know whether they play four years in college and that's it or they're, they're like jim they play in the big leagues for you know for four or five seasons um eventually that jersey's coming off your back and you know, whether you want to be a father or, or a, a better son or brother, teammate, coworker, um, leader, all these skills that they're learning, you know, specifically with the dogs, but in, in through the game of baseball of that, that everyday grind um, that life is, is going to carry with them for the rest of their life. So um, there's just, it's just, you know, life's every day. So, um, you know, just uh, keep learning, learning through that. Final question for you, Tyler, and you've probably heard some of your own athletes answer this question, so I'm curious how you respond to it. What does the game of baseball mean to you? 
I think kind of piggybacking on what I what I just said, it's so symbolic of of life. I mean, it is uh, baseball is every day. It's not like football where you have to get hiked up for one game on Sunday. And I know there's a lot more that goes into it than just that. But baseball, you you're expected to perform every day. I mean, we were in the minor leagues. We were playing. 140 games in 151 days and we're traveling for 13 14 hours to to get in at 4 a.m and play the next day and and the reality is that life went on so how are you going to prepare today to be better tomorrow um and and so on and so forth so you know just the i guess it's so symbolic with the way the the real world works i guess when you get more um you know out of baseball it's just i think all those skills and all those um, characteristics that you kind of build through the game of baseball um, helps you so much as you move forward uh, in your life. So um, baseball, baseball is a, is a large part of my life. I, I like to think that I identify myself as more of just a baseball person, player, coach, whatever it may be. But um, obviously it, it's helped mold me in, uh, in my career and as in my personal life, um, you know, is, is, uh, as much as anything. So um, just extremely thankful and grateful for the, for the stuff that I've been able to be uh, um, given. And I guess, you know, even when I moved here to Okotoks, baseball uh, introduced me to my, my future wife. So I can't complain too much about that. It's been, uh, I got a lot of, a lot of blessings along the way um, because of the game of baseball and where it's led. Me. So, yeah. Fantastic stuff. Well, we're very lucky to have you on the podcast as well and share some of your stories and insights. Tyler, thanks so much for the time and all the best as we uh, gear towards perhaps a baseball season in 2021. You bet. That's our plan. Thanks a lot, Joe, for your time. Thanks again to Tyler Hollick for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. Speaking of Okotoks, a special shout-out again to our friends at Tailgate Mercantile for putting some of our T-shirts up in stock. You can head to their website or their store to pick yours up ahead of the season. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.